you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. free agency week on the huddle and flow podcast which is brought to you by intuit the proud makers of quickbooks turbotax and mint i am steve white here with my dude jim trotter two-thirds of the howard university mob our producer thomas warren on the ones and the twos he completes the hu puzzle and jt the free agency is off to its blast in new england patriots a team that we usually see sit on its hands oh they they saw they saw tom brady and the buccaneers (laughs) win a championship through free agency so they thought that they would follow suit yeah i think i think bill didn't like sitting out those playoffs did he <laughs> no. but, but look steve let, let's say this let, let's cut to the chase here for me i see all of the moves that the patriots have made and number one there's that we see every year in free agency all the moves that don't work out and fan bases get excited when the signings are made and all of that for me everything comes down to the patriots too how what's their quarterback play going to be like yep. And I know they signed Cam, but I'm not convinced yet that Cam's going to be their starter opening day. I know that they've talked to other clubs just to see what other clubs are thinking about their quarterback situation. Um, So my feeling, my gut feeling is that Cam is a safety net for them. But even if he is a starter, they still have a lot of work to do to get that team ready. And losing, you know, uh, Joe Thune on that offensive line, who was their best player. Yeah, absolutely. And they're 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 banking on Trent Brown regaining the form he had when he was last there, which is a a major gamble at this point, particularly after you trade away um, Cannon. So while I see all the moves, I'm still not ready to say yet that the Patriots are, are, are the division favorite at this point. I still think Buffalo is that and I still think Miami's coming. I, I'm with you 100%. Because even though I see them sign Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne at wide receiver, these are, those are two small guys. 
you know, I, I don't think, and I don't think Nikhil Harry is going to be there. It, I think it's just shown that it is not working in New England. If they can find a trade partner, I think they're going to find a way to get him out there and, and see what they can do. So we'll see. You know, no coach thinks that he can he can't fix something, but the Patriots taking a path they haven't taken since like early 2000 when they signed more than 20 unrestricted free agents. And that led to them getting to their first Super Bowl championship in, in the Belichick era. But, you know, but that's a term. But, Jim, a lot of other teams, um, you know, you mentioned Joe Tooney. You know, he, go, he goes to the Chiefs. Great pickup. Okay, a- excellent pickup. But we've seen some other teams kind of sit on their hands. None of them, you know, the Cowboys, the Falcons, teams like that. That's not unexpected. The Seahawks. But, Jim, the Raiders. You know, we see them go out and they, and they, and they make a splash. You know, they, they know they need to pass rush and they go out and get Yannick Ngakwe, who was drafted by new Vegas, D.C., Gus Bradley back in Jacksonville. You're laughing. What's up? What's going Because uh, the Raider fans, Raider Nation is going to say that I'm hating on them and whatnot. But the one thing I don't trust about the Raiders is John Gruden and free agency. Go back to his very first year when he rejoined the club in 2018. And I, and I look, I know Mike Mayock's the GM, but we know who calls the shots there. In right. 2018, when Reggie McKenzie was still there, their two big free agent signings were Jordy Nelson for $13 million. He retired after a year. Um, also linebacker Tahir Whitehead, um, $6.28 million. He was cut in 2010, two years later. Then you go to 2019. Think about all these guys they signed, big money guys in free agency. Trent Brown, $36.25 million. He ends up getting traded this year. Tyrell Williams, 44 mil over four years, 10 million guaranteed. He gets cut. LaMarcus Joyner, 21.3 million, uh, 21 million guaranteed. He gets cut. Um, Antonio Brown, you trade a third and a fifth for him. He never plays a down for you. Jason Witten, you paid 4.75 million for what? Leadership? So, you know, then you go to 2020. Corey Littleton, I mean, you give him a $35 million contract, $22 million guaranteed, talk to me. Carl um, Nassib, $16.75 million. He, he's all right, but he ain't worth that. So now you want me to get excited because they signed Yannick and Dockway? I'm sorry. I, I just can't. What do they say about, about uh, history? They will tell you the best predictor of, of, of future behavior is past behavior. And we've seen what's happened with the Raiders in the past in free agency. And the sad part is they have all the, they have had all these draft picks after dealing away Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper. And yet, while some of these rookies have played well, they still have yet to have a winning season. Yeah, because we all thought they were going to be there last year. But Jim, I mean, come we, on, Nelson Aguilar balled out. But oh, yeah, he's with the Patriots now. <laughs> and, he, and he wasn't a big money signing. no. That's what I'm saying to you. When they go out and spend a lot of money on free agents, inevitably it appears it blows up in their face. That's all I'm saying. And you made a, you made a good point about big money signings because you know we see the Jets with all of this money and high draft picks. So we think they're going to go out and be players in free agency. They're like, nope, nope. We are not building this thing through free agency. We're going to go ahead and, and get it through the draft because the biggest indicator of what's going to happen a team's plans – is the first two days of free agency. And the fact that they did not go in head first goes to show you this is going to be a slow process and how they're going to build this team. Look, I, I am – this is just me now. I am convinced that they are going to move Sam Darnold. And I am Why? convinced 
because they will get a quarterback in the draft on a rookie contract in year one versus being in a position in a rebuild where they have to pay Sam, make a decision on a fifth-year option. They don't want to do that yet when they know they're rebuilding. And if they feel there's a young quarterback who is as good or better, then it makes more sense to go sign him, get him started on that rookie deal now while you are rebuilding. And I know that they have made calls to teams, asking teams about their interest in Sam. So I am convinced, doesn't mean that I'm right, but I am convinced that they are going to move Sam Darnold before this draft, as you say, get more draft equity to build this thing the right way through the draft. Got to find, got to find somebody who likes him. So, so that's going to be an interesting thing. Oh, there are teams. Trust me. I, I would think teams. so. I would. I like him. I mean, I, I think he's a good player. And if he gets in the right system and the, and the right quarterback coach, I, I think it'd be he could be, you know, a, a heck of a player. And you know, maybe he can have a resurgence like Ryan Tannehill again. The the example of the guy who has the has a resurgence. And, and also, Jim, we're gonna, we're going to talk about some things as we get through the show. But this is kind of a special show we put together for you guys. You know. Um, typically we interview someone and we're coming off one of the greatest interviews we've had with, with Houston Texas coach, David Culley. And we appreciate all of the, fa- so, so much attention being paid to this. And, and that goes to show you what a good story will do, not just an issue or something like that, but we're going to put kind of a, a, a best of show together for you guys. But these are kind of some of the interviews we've had throughout the season that kind of predicted and foreshadowed some of the moves that we see going on right now. So, Jim, let's go ahead and get started with some of these interviews. Well, Saints quarterback and future Hall of Famer Drew Brees, he retired at the end of the season. But earlier, when we spoke to Saints head coach Sean Payton, he pretty much telegraphed this move and he telegraphed who could be the heir apparent. I and we as an organization love what we've seen from Jameis. And, and that constantly weighs in your mind relative to each game. Um, going into the season, all three of the quarterbacks knew that in the event that there were any injury during a game, Jameis was coming in. Uh, the, Taysom was going to have uh, a large plan in special teams and at tight end. And uh, and then we would go from there. And, and so when that situation arose and Drew was hurt for a longer period of time, I visited with Jameis. I visited with Taysom. Uh, I had basically given Taysom my word in the offseason that, hey, this is long before Jameis even arrived, that he would have that opportunity as the two coming back here. Um, that being said, he's being evaluated each week. Um, man, I've been. I've been proud of how that room has handled it, uh, Jameis particularly, because he's 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 a competitor and he wants that opportunity. And 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 listen, I I feel like I said it a week ago. I feel like our next quarterback's in the building. And one of the attractions for Jameis, and I understand it, was there aren't many places in free agency where you can go to a team and have a pretty good bet that that quarterback like Drew is going to be playing in his last year. You know, that doesn't exist. You go to a team and then, you know, Hey, you're going to look for that opportunity to sometime be a starter. He he's going to have that opportunity. uh, The minute Drew leaves and both he and Taysom know that. Breeze had a great career, but he was overshadowed by Tom Brady. And here's the key with Brady. 
he signed as a free agent with the Bucks, And what we learned from that is by hitting on the right free agent, the major impact it could have on your club. As we heard from defensive coordinator Todd Bowles and offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. This may sound crazy, but the biggest thing I found about Tom, other than his work ethic and his diligence and his precision to be the best, he makes everyone else feel important and feel like superstars. You know, you have superstars that will sign some autographs and walk off. You have guys that will beat to themselves and everything else. He can laugh at himself and he can go up to a scout team guy or walk off with a defensive guy or an offensive guy and they can talk football. And by the time you finish talking to him, you will feel like you're helping him as opposed to him helping you. I mean, he had the most uncanny knack for his people skills are outstanding his his way the way he includes everyone and everything that they do and channels it into football into what they do is like nothing i've ever seen i mean the person in football far outweighs the player in football tom see tom's a different type of superstar i mean within the first day of camp guys are already joking with him in a way that you wouldn't joke with a six-time champ or of the guy that they call the goat, you know? Just wait, like wait, give, wait, left. Give us an example. Give us uh, an example. Like, Shade called him six-time. <laughs> like, like, it was the nicknames that he was, you know, he was just one of the guys sitting amongst the guys. And COVID made it so different, so we were separate. But when we did get the opportunity to get together, it was just, it was just amazing to see him amongst his teammates well the bucks won their championship during a pandemic that that impacted the entire season both on and off the field so what was it like playing under the cloud of COVID 19 arizona cardinals wide receiver larry fitzgerald and rams cornerback jalen ramsey explain oh so much so i would say the better team most likely is going to win the home field advantage means nothing you know you go Playing. I mean, it's no different from like I can go over here and play in this park, or I can cross the street and play in the park here. I mean, there's there's no there's nothing that's different about it. You know, no silent count. You know, if there's miscommunication, you literally can the coach can just yell it out to you on the field. I mean, it's like it's 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 crazy. I mean, the speed of the game is still the same, but in terms of just communicating, the pressure is nowhere near as high as it as it would be with the crowd. You know, there's not as many eyes on you. So I think it's way easier for younger players to go out and play now. You know, so it's it's a it's a lot different. For us, especially, you open up a new stadium that you know would be packed out, like Sunday Night Football, first game, Dallas Cowboys. Like, certain, you know, games you know would be packed out. You feed off that energy. You really do. And this year, you didn't have that. Um, the only game, you know, that we played that had fans was Miami, Tampa, and our playoff game um, in Green Bay. They're limited fans. We could feel like, dang, like, I hear a little something. Like I feel a little something. They making they making plays and they they fans turning up and they building off that. They got that energy. They got that juice going. And without that, you got to have guys on your team who who bring that own energy and they bring their own juice. And then that can be infectious and and spread throughout the whole team. So uh, luckily, you know, we had guys on the team who could do that uh, and make plays that be like get the whole sideline turned up and we could build off that. But but. It definitely could have been even more if we had a sold out SoFi Stadium. I know that for sure. 
Steve, we don't know yet what the 2021 season is going to look like in terms of stadiums being open for fans and whatnot. But one thing we do know is that it's very possible we could have another virtual offseason. As we heard from NFLPA Executive Director DeMora Smith and Union President J.C. Treader. I, I think unless there is a extremely high likelihood that everyone um, in the country would be vaccinated to reach the 85% that we need for herd immunity. Um, unless we think that that's going to occur or we will arrive there by, um, by, by the beginning of the season, I think daily testing is probably something that we will at least start the season with this year. If our performance histor- historically was here and we had, a, you know, during a 10 week off season program, and we had a zero week off season program and our performance was at worst equal, if not better by what I said, then clearly there's no real value add to a program that's not providing any benefit when it comes to performance. So that's something we're dealing with now is figuring out how to continue to follow the science and, and make a program that is a value add. will help our young players, will help our veteran players will help the teams perform. And that should be the focus, not just, well, now that COVID might be out of the woods, we might be out of the woods with COVID, let's just fall back on what we always did because we always did it. We, we can't think that way. And it would be a shame to think that way after everything we've been through this year. You know, as we're already seeing this offseason, talk about quarterback movement is going to dominate the spring and the summer. We've already seen some quarterbacks on the move, but the biggest storyline is down in Houston where Deshaun Watson does not want to be part of the team. But one of our greatest interviews that we've had, Jim, has been with his new head coach, David Culley, and here he is on Deshaun Watson's future, possibly in Houston, but possibly not. He is our starting quarterback as of right now. He is our starting quarterback. Things happen between now and then, and then we'll see what happens. We're moving forward. You know, we're moving forward, and my, our, all our conversations have been with all of our players here is that we are moving forward and that we're going to go forward and we're going to go forward with everybody that is in, all in with us that wants to go. And and I, I like to think and I feel like that as we move forward, as we're going, we're going to move forward all in with everybody that's all in with us. And I and I feel like that everybody's going to be all in. Um, including him, including everybody else that's been here, that we're moving forward and we're going with it and we're going to go with that way. Another quarterback rumored to possibly be on the move is Russell Wilson in Seattle. Now, earlier this season, we had GM John Snyder on when Russ was cooking, tearing up the league as an MVP frontrunner candidate. And here's what he had to say about his quarterback. We'd be remiss not to ask you about Russell Wilson right now. And it's easy for everyone to be on his bandwagon right now, but um, based on conversations you and I had had even before the draft, I know you were on the table for him from Jump Street. Did you envision back then, even when you were were so supportive and like what you saw, that he would develop into what we're seeing today? Uh, I can't, no, I can't say honestly that that, that, that I, I did. I know I know that he had all the factors of uh, and the traits of. Um, you know, the, the, you know, the Brett Favre and the Rich Gannons and then, you know, um, Aaron Rodgers and he had those traits. You could literally go down the whole, the whole list and go down your whole checklist and say, you know, okay, 
opportunities that he didn't have was was to hunt. And um, but is he able to make those throws? But to say that um, you know that he'd be at this level, I, I you know I, I can't no I, I, I can't say that. I'd really be a damn good player. Uh, but every year he seems to you know uh, set higher standards for himself. Well, the draft is right around the corner, and we know quarterbacks are the deepest position, maybe the most talented position at the front end of the draft. And there are two teams, the Falcons and Lions, who already have established quarterbacks, Matt Ryan in Atlanta, and Jared Goff, the new quarterback in Detroit. Well, that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be their quarterbacks in their respective cities for long. And we spoke about that with new Falcons general manager Terry Fontenot and new Lions general manager Brad Holmes. What kind of chip is it to be at that at that number four spot? Yeah, that, that's a great question. It's so valuable and it's so exciting to be right there because you're right. We don't want to be we don't want to ever be picking in the top five again. We want to be picking at the bottom of the rounds uh, of all the rounds. So this is it's really valuable. And we're in a position that, hey, we can take we want to build this roster the right way. And we, we're going to think long term. So nothing's really off the table, um, whether you talk about taking uh, the best player on the board or or, or moving down, or I think everything's wide open, and so it, it's a it's a great it's a great spot to be in, and 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 we want to make sure we maximize that and and have a hell of a draft because we don't expect to be there anymore. And your evaluations and everything, and just kind of looking at what you guys, you and Dan and, and Ray and everybody want to build there. This draft, are you necessarily uh, out of the quarterback market? Oh no, I would no, absolutely not. Um, you know, uh, I don't think. I don't think when you're picking this high uh, that you can be out on any position. Uh, but obviously, quarterback is such an important position, and you know I just think it's good. It's good drafting business always to be, be to be very very thorough on that quarterback class, regardless of what your situation is. Um, you know, always when I was with, with the Rams, always said that, you know, always regardless of which you had a quarterback and, and even especially now, you know, it's it, it's it's the same approach. And, you know, it is a good crop coming out this year, um, but, you know, it's definitely not a position that will be ignored by us um, by any means. Steve, one quarterback who will not be on the move is Buffalo's Josh Allen. And earlier we had on wide out Stefan Diggs talking about his new best friend in Buffalo. When you got a new quarterback, he likes things done a certain kind of way and you kind of got to get used to him and he got to get used to you. So uh, that's one thing attributed to Josh. He put a lot of time in as far as like not having an off season. When we hit training camp, we try to hit the ground running. Uh, we had so many Zoom calls. We had plenty of talks. But when we got into that practice field, it was rep after rep trying to get better. We're still doing it now, but specifically in training camp, uh, he made it a point of emphasis that he always strives to be perfect. That's something that I love about him. And he's super hard on himself. So for me, I tell Superman, you can't be Superman every day, all day. You know, so he tries to be perfect. So I uh, I try to be there to kind of meet him in the middle be like, it's all right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if I drop a ball, I'm not going to apologize. So don't apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, that was some great stuff from Stephon Diggs, but his replacement in Minnesota, Justin Jefferson, came in as a rookie and lit it up. So here's our conversation with Justin about his expectations coming into the league and the mark he made in his rookie season. 
what were you truly feeling as you looked at those players come off the board and you're there knowing what you're capable of doing? I mean, I, I took it in as, as you know, just me. I just kept, I kept a chip on my shoulder, um, if you want to say that. And, you know, I just, I just felt like I was the, one of the top receivers, and, uh, you know, especially off of the, the performance that I did with a national championship and, you know, having over 1,500 yards and having 18 touchdowns. So uh, being, being the, the fifth receiver picked up, I felt like that was disrespectful on my like on their part so i just wanted i just wanted to to prove everybody wrong uh all of the doubts that me not being able to play outside me not being a fast receiver me not being able to go deep so um you know this past season i worked on all all of those things i just tried to to clean up my game a little bit more and be that versatile receiver Jim, that, those interviews were so great. And, and I know in the moment they were real timely, right? When everybody was, we were kind of going through these during the season. But now that you reflect back on it, it's like, whoa, okay, they were telling us something that kind of played out one way or the other and, and kind of foreshadowed and kind of tipped to, to maybe some of the things that we're seeing right now. So it's cool. We're going to do some more of these best of type shows, some of these compilations, because, you know, we've got some real humorous ones, like some of the stories that, you know, Todd Bowles has doubled over and Kimberly Martin, some of the stories that we had with her and with Jamel Hill and Carrie Champion. So we're, we're going to have a bunch of these best of type shows. But Jim, you know, when, when you think about, we, we started this podcast in September and, and just some of the great stories that we've heard and some of the great news that we've heard and, and things like that, it was just really cool to bring our, you know, the growing audience that we hear from that interact with us, some of these cool stories. So I really, really hope they took a lot from that. And we're like, whoa, Sean Payton said that. I don't remember that. But now that we're seeing this, I get it. You know, I really appreciate some of the stuff that we were able to bring them. Yeah, the thing that stands out to me, Steve, is I just find it sort of ironic. Maybe ironic's too strong a word, but I find it interesting that, you know, three years ago, we brought this idea to the network to do this podcast. And basically the idea was allowed to die on a vine never got jump started. And then in the summer of George Floyd, when all of a sudden everybody was searching for a way to show their enlightenment or their wokeness, you know, they came to us and asked us if we were still interested in doing this three years later. And my personal opinion is I believe they thought there wasn't an audience for this show back three years ago. And I want to thank all the listeners um, for proving that there is an audience for this and that they are interested in what we have to say and what our guests have to say. So again, all thanks to the audience for, um, for proving you and me right. So I, I, I love it. I, I love, look, the collaboration we have here, and I'm going to include Thomas Warren, our producer on this. We have shown that having smart conversations, using our experience, getting guests on who enjoy coming on with us too. Like, okay. I, Cause now people know, you know, okay, we're coming on with Jim and Steve, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a, a highbrow conversation that can go in any direction. Um, let's go have some fun with it. You know, again, the appreciation we have for everybody who has a, you know, a hand in, in, in making this happen is, is absolutely fantastic. So props to Thomas Warren, props to everybody um, for coming on the show. And again, thanks to, thanks to the audience. And again, this is coming off the heels of that David Cully, um, interview and the reaction to that, the response to that has been magical. 
and and we can't thank you enough. So, Jim, why don't you take us home on the first edition of the Best Up Huddle Club? Well, once again, we want to thank you all for listening. We want to thank you for subscribing. Please continue to leave us messages about who you want to hear from, what you want to hear about, and that way we can continue to give you more of what you're funking for. All right, and the Huddle Flow Podcast is brought to you by Intuit, the proud makers of TurboTax, Mint, and QuickBooks. And again, thank you guys. We really do appreciate you. And Jim could not have said it more eloquently for proving us right. For Jim Trotter, Thomas Warren, I'm Steve White. We are the HU Mob, and we are out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.